This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. What we looked at is at, at 9 and at 20, and, and who do we feel comfortable taking at 9 if we didn't take CJ? And then who would be there at 20? And we felt like there could be some corners uh, at 20 that that we liked, but didn't like as much as, as CJ, obviously. And then, you know, you heard different different takes across the league of, of some teams liking CJ as the best corner in the draft. And um, we certainly felt like that he has the upside to be that eventually in time. And then when you look at 42, where we're picking the second round, we felt like those guys were gone. And sure enough, as you saw the little run here, and you know, all the guys we were looking at 42 were, were pretty much gone. That is General Manager Dave Caldwell. A little explanation on why they took C.J. Henderson where they did at number nine. I think Atlanta was a big factor for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I think they they were a little fearful of what the Falcons would do. The needs were similar. Of course, the scheme's a bit similar. And Henderson, I think, was someone that the Atlanta Falcons coveted, as was Chase on, too. So if they dropped back, they were a little bit concerned that Atlanta might jump up. Atlanta was an aggressive team in this whole thing. So I, I think that was messing around a little bit. We'll talk uh, about uh, the details of what went down on Thursday night with the Jaguars in terms of some trade back opportunities, what else they could have done. Would they really have taken Chase on at number nine? Would they really have done that? And it is kind of funny how our minds are skewed and how we all automatically say, GMs around the NFL are dumb because all the mock drafts said this. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. I understand. There are some really respected people that do it, whether it's Kuiper or McShay or like I really like Daniel Jeremiah used to be Mayock. I mean, there are very, some well-respected guys in the business that know what they're looking at. So their assessment is good. There also are a lot of guys like, well, all of us just trying to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not looking at 300 different guys that are playing college football. We don't spend months doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some and you respect the heck out of that. But my point is, the masses all say, oh, they had this here, this here, this here. And by the way, those top eight picks kind of went according to schedule. There was really nothing out of the loop. Simmons was a little bit thrown off, but a lot of people thought Simmons would get drafted. In I the think Rugs going too as the first receiver kind of threw people off a little bit. Yeah, but not in but the, the top eight. Spots. Top eight. Yeah, 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 so right. the top ten was really according to plan. Really, C.J. Henderson was probably the one. But if you paid attention to people and then the national analysts in the last ten to. 14 days, mm-hmm. a lot of people said C.J. Henderson's going to jump into that top 10. He's coming closer and closer to Akuda. A lot of people thought uh, that, that some GMs um, had him that way. So really interesting when it comes to that part of it. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit beauty of the in the eye of the beholder when it comes to receivers in this draft and corners in this draft. I think that's crystal clear. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because our two guys that we battled against – are still on the board, of and the course. first round's over. Of course. Fulton and Dix. Yeah. And both you can make cases for. Mm-hmm. And they're both on the board. Might have to have a little bet who gets off the board first. Oh, I, I hope it's Fulton. I mean, just for the sake of my pride, my knowledge of the game of football, um, let's just say I hope Fulton goes first. All right, we'll see yeah. what happens. Okay, the big question here is, and we'll get some uh, uh, of your reaction too. What do you mean by this 3-4? Mm-hmm hybrid will they go all in on it should you go all in on something like this can you change week to week series to series play to play 
Uh, layman's terms this for us, but you've played defense. If you were going to be involved in the defense in I've Jacksonville. I've also played in a 3-4. It didn't go so well for me, but I played but, in it. But you tell us from a player standpoint, is it an easy, is it an adjustable thing? Do you like the idea of being creative like that, that hybrid fashion? And Jackson Ann brought up a question, but your question before the break was, do you go defensive tackle if a black lock or somebody like that's yeah. on the board, or do you look at the offense? My question about that, and I agree with Jack Stan here, is do you really need to look at defensive tackle if you're going to rely more on that 3-4 principle look? So two things I did when that the when the Jaguars took, you know, uh Chase on in, in, the, in the with the 20th pick um last night. The first thing I did was I went back to my old playbooks in Kansas City. And by my old playbooks, I mean I just went through all my notes again. And I kind of refreshed myself a little bit of a 3-4 defense, the principles, the beliefs, all that good stuff. The second thing I did was I went to Gunter's uh, film, okay? And I watched probably 40 plays in the run. Now, um, I sprinkled some pass plays in there as well, but what I wanted to see was where Gunter lined up. Because to me, Gunter is going to be the guy that makes this whole thing work. And I proposed the question to you during the last segment, Brent, where do you go all in or do you just, you know, slowly transition, add a wrinkle here, add a wrinkle there? Because all in would mean that you're changing your complete philosophy of how your defensive lineman approaches things, right? Where as opposed to having one job, one gap, you go here, you penetrate, get off the block, make the play. Now you're asking defensive linemen to play two gaps. Now you're asking defensive linemen to kind of go against of what they've been taught, you know, for the past two or three years in this Jaguar system. So I kind of took all the information that I had at my, you know, at my disposal. I, I took a look at the roster, what they have right now. Now keep in mind, it could change with this draft. But what they have right now, to me, the answer is obvious. And it's kind of something that I'm going back on what I talked about before. Because when Dom Capers was in town, uh, and Josh Allen came in, I said they should run a 3-4 Eagle defense, right? Because that was kind of Capers' specialty. It's what he ran in Green Bay. I don't need to break that down for you right now just because that's not the defense I envision anymore. Now I see them running, with what they have right now at their disposal, a 3-4 under defense. So what does that mean? You know, because obviously I could talk X's and O's all day, but I'm trying to make the you know the the, the viewer, yeah, gotta, the, the, the person on the radio listening in a little bit. We don't have the wall that says it so, all right now. So here's what it means. Okay, in a three-four under defense, it's essentially almost like a four-three defense where you don't rely on your defensive line to necessarily play two-gap technique. Okay, so a three-four under defense means your nose. So let's say Al Woods and Avery Jones. They're going to be playing a position that they've, they've always played. They're playing a one-technique shade. So they're essentially it's the same technique. That's fine for them, okay? When, when you talk about a five-technique, you know, that big-end technique, mm-hmm. that's also in this defense, okay? That and, could be Gunter. Uh, 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 just wait one second. Okay. So it's not, to me, it's not going to be Gunter. To, to me, it's going to be Taven Bryan, or depending how much Dwayne Smoot weighs, it's going to be Smoot, okay? And once again, this five-technique, this quote-unquote big-end technique, this is a position where... It's like a defensive end. You play one gap, you have a job, you, you maintain, you anchor, and if it runs to you, you make the play. Simple enough. Now, keep in mind, I get it. Taven Bryan played that spot last year a little bit. It didn't go so well, but he has to. All right, I mean, they, they have faith in him right now. He has to play this spot. And the reason why I say he has to play this spot, because on the other side of him, this is where Gunter comes in. And, and this is where the film study that I did last night, it comes in. The, the opposite three technique... Of a, of a three, four underside, he is a two cap guy. 
Okay, Gunter has played this position before. He knows what to do. He he knows how to translate this two-gap technique into a pass rush. So to me, as far as the three techniques right now on this team, whether it's, you know, if you want to call Taven Bryan three technique, Dwayne Smoot, Gunter's the only guy right now on this team that has played this two-gap technique. So I'm going to put him over there, okay, a, a, until maybe it gets addressed by somebody else. But right now, Gunter's going to be my two-gap technique player. So with that being said, the only person really that this affects is Gunter. And guess what? He's played the position before. Now, once again, Taven Bryant's got to play the five. He's got to man up and, you know, hold that side down. It could be asking a lot of them. But as far as technique's concerned, Gunter's the only guy that's going to be two-gapping. Now, here's where the linebackers come in, Brett. Schobert, you brought him in for a reason, right? And what do we say about him? Smart dude. Great leader. He, he's, he's almost kind of like Puzz when it comes to, the, you know, the, like the mentality. And maybe a little more athletic than Puzz when it comes to coverage and obviously coming downhill. So you have Schobert there. Schobert's obviously playing the mic. He's the game caller. He's getting everybody set. And once again, I played in Kansas City. I played in a 3-4 defense. We had Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson was the most underrated. He was like a Daryl Smith man. All right. He was a cerebral assassin because, yes, you have to come downhill. You have to stop the run. You have to drop back in coverage. But the most important part, you have to get guys lined up because it's going to be a little more confusing. It's not like a 4-3 defense like the Jaguars ran a little bit last year. This is going to be a little more of bells and whistles, confusion here, confusion there. I think Schobert is more than up to the challenge of handling that mic roll in a 3-4. Keep in mind, played that in Wisconsin, played a little bit in Cleveland as well. So he's experienced there. The other guy then, Miles Jack, right? We talk about Miles Jack where moving to the outside, moving to the outside. He's out of position playing inside. Well, here we are now, Brent, right? <laughs> he, here we are asking Miles Jack to go back inside. And ironically enough, at least the, what I like to call it, it's the Jack position, okay? And what the Jack position really signifies is the fact that you don't have to make any calls, okay? All you have to do, you have to do one job. Wherever Gunter goes in, you know, on the, on the backside, you go the opposite way. So essentially what's going on right now is Gunter and Miles Jack will play off each other. A play right? game, essentially. The, 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 the play game with each other. So Gunter, keep in mind, the experienced guy, Miles Jack, maybe not as versed as an inside linebacker, but I think Gunter can always make Miles Jack right. And that's going to make the transition for Miles Jack a lot easier. Then obviously on the outsides, you have to have two bookends. You have to have two outside linebackers that are studs. Well, I mean, depending on what happens with Yannick Ngakwe, but you have Chazon, you have Yannick Ngakwe playing one side. And the other side is Josh Allen. So Josh Allen, to me right now, he's a strong side guy. The weak side guy is going to be uh, Chazon and then Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, and by the way, Chazon and uh, Allen, very good in coverage if need be. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did it tell you that this was the 3-4 look? I, I got two questions for you, two main questions, because we just got real technical there. Sure. But it's a good ex- explainer that the Jaguars have the bodies now. It really puts – does it does – it, accentuate the positives of Miles Jack as much as maybe the 4-3 and on the weak side? Doesn't sound like it. Mm-hmm. Does it put Taven Bryan in a more difficult spot? Maybe, but at least he's had some experience, and now he's going into year three instead of year one when they tried this. So everything can't be perfect. Mm-hmm. But, and they could also... How many? How often would they hybrid this? Can you switch, bam, just like that? For with that kind of personnel, four three to three four. Um, I mean, you can hybrid this, you know. But the kind of the beauty with a three four under is the fact that you can run a lot of different looks from this, you know, the, this yeah. thing. I mean, you so don't have more to disguise exactly. I mean, you can do anything that you want essentially out of this lineman, uh, this lineman here. But then it also begs the question: How does it affect your secondary, right? Because it's not just a three four defense affects the the front seven here or whatever you want to call them. 
it affects the secondary as well. So I'm curious to see how that's going to translate because, once again, right now those guys are not in the stadium. You know, right now there's not guys hanging around each other, working out together, going through the, the schemes together. Everyone's on their own. And to implement this new defense, and I get it. I think like the 3-4 under, like I just said, it's probably the one that's the easiest to transition from, but you're still asking guys to maybe do some things that they're not comfortable doing yet. It begs the question of just how in-depth are they going to be. Yeah, that could be a dangerous recipe in my opinion, but uh, we'll see what happens. So what does that do for tonight? Yeah. Blacklock, if he's there, name your other guy, at defensive tackle. If there's some value there that they have, do you need it? I mean, do you really need it now that you've got all – you really have a lot of pieces on defense. You just mentioned the thinnest spot might be Taven Bryan. Correct. And it, but does Blacklock help fill that role? So, to me, it comes down to this. And once again, assuming that the Jaguars are listening to me and go with the 3-4 under, I could be completely off here. Like I said, I like Gunter where he's at, okay? I, I like Gunter playing the, the, the two-gap guy. And even if you go after a guy in college right now, like, like a Blacklock, I don't see him playing that two-gap technique, right? Because it takes time to learn. A lot of colleges don't really run that that much, especially guys getting taken in the second and third rounds. So if you want to go after a defensive tackle, you have to ask yourself the question is, how confident are we with Taven Bryan going forward? How confident are we with Taven Bryan playing this big end? If you're not confident... Then you go with the three technique, you know, in the second or third round. If you're more confident, if you have faith in him, then maybe wait to the fourth or fifth round to bring somebody in. But to me, this draft tonight all depends on how the Jacksonville Jaguars feel about Taven Bryan. Didn't they already answer that question to a degree, though, because they let Javon Kinlaw slip by? I mean, a little bit, but once again, I mean, we always make the argument, well, they, they needed a corner as well, Brian. I know. And, and one could think corner was a big need as well. But if Listen. they red flag the heck out of Bryan... Again, the feeling in there is that he came on a little bit last year more than other people on the outside want, mm-hmm. want to admit. Yeah. And we saw that with their offensive line. They haven't lied to us about that stuff. Offensive line, they like more than other people. They didn't jump at an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect them to tonight, by the way, either. So I would think Ken Law, with the drop-off at D-line, if they were really nervous about Brian, especially in a, in a potential move like this or at least flexibility up front, where we know it was already an eyesore and they want to fix the run. Yeah. I think they're giving Taven Bryan a chance. I think that was well, an indicator last night. Keep in mind, they are, or else they feel like, you know what, this big end technique, this five technique, we essentially only need this person in for maybe 30% of the snaps, right? Because then if it's going to be a nickel situation, if it's going to be a pass situation, then you can turn, you know, you can turn Gunter loose or whoever else and they can do his thing because Gunter's actually a pretty decent pass rusher yeah. out of a three technique. He's, he's versatile. Exactly. So it might be a little bit of the Jacksonville Jaguars thinking as well. Well, you know what? Taven Bryan can play the five technique. If someone's there to take in the draft, we'll take them. But keep in mind, if you bring them in, they're not playing a lot of the, the, the snaps right away. Let's get Steven on the line right now. He's been hanging around. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hope you enjoyed the first night of the draft. Steven, what you got, man? Oh, uh, basically, he Austin explained it all. Cause, uh, <laughs> pretty much back when I played high school, uh, we did the 3-4 under and the 4-3 transitioned it. Uh, every few plays because they had me at either defensive end or outside linebacker when we went to three four. Well, well then, there well, you go. Well, Stephen, you know I mean. I want you to keep keep in line here though because obviously you played this position before. You know what it's all about. Are you confident uh, with with Taven Bryan playing that five technique? Then, like, do you think the Jaguars should address it, or do you think the Jaguars are fine right now on defensive line and should go someplace else? It's it's hard for me to fully say because we haven't seen that much of Taven Bryan. He'd be in every couple snaps, but when he was in there, you didn't get to see much of him. He wouldn't, he wouldn't wow you off 
the pages or off the TV screen, he wouldn't wow you. So it's really hard for me to say that if they should go 100% all in on him or maybe address it. All right, Stephen. Thanks, man. We appreciate listening to uh, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, day two of the draft, coming up at 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 690, by the way. All right, what did you interpret when Dave Caldwell late last night said, uh, yeah, we're going to put him in a, a in a two-point stance, mm-hmm. uh, chase on, mm-hmm. on the opposite side of Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe was Correct. what he said. Yeah. Just that little bit of and, – and then that's what brought up the 3-4 conversation and everything else. But was that another what clue to that? Like what what was your interpretation oh, yeah. of that? Like why – and how do they see – again, what you have to be very careful of, this guy's a talented player. Mm-hmm. But I think history has shown us in Jacksonville, be careful taking those young, talented players and asking them to do too much. Sure. Right? I, that, that red flags me. I mm-hmm. mean, that was my, one of my issues with Simmons. Mm-hmm. That hasn't worked around here. Mm-hmm. Taven Bryan doing too much. No, Miles Jack, too much. Yeah, I, there are more examples than that. Those are just the most recent and obvious ones the last few years. But what did it say to you when, when Caldwell said it the way he said it? So to put it in layman's terms a little bit, the way I approached it, once again, talking about this 3-4 under defense, Josh Allen's playing the strong side defensive, or, you know, the strong side outside linebacker, which he obviously should, yeah. right? Because when Calais Campbell went down, Josh Allen stepped up, put his hand in the dirt, and had to play that big end role. Now, was he maybe a little out of position? Absolutely. The last thing I want from a premier pass rusher like Josh Allen is having his hand in the dirt with a squared up stance saying, all right, well, you have to read the, you know, read the offensive lineman first and then go pass rush. No, man, pin your ears back and go. But the Jaguars had no choice. So with that being said, Josh Allen playing the strong side. And then you have a guy like Chazon who, you know, he's a little bit on the leaner side. Obviously, Josh Allen's Black Panther. I'd probably say Chazon would be maybe uh, Captain America. We'll say, you okay. know, a little smaller, strong, but smaller. He's in between. Josh Allen and Ngakwe. Exactly. Weight-wise. Exactly. So with Chazon, you put him on the weak side because now the way the NFL works, Brent, is there's a lot of 11 personnel, which means there's only one tight end on the field, usually for every single team, unless you're playing teams maybe like the Titans, teams like the Ravens, who use more of a 12 personnel, things like that. But with you know the grand scheme of the NFL, using 11 personnel, there's the strong side, there's the weak side. The strong side, you have the tight end. The weak side, it's just the tackle. So... Chazon's kind of coming into a great situation here where if they run this defense, all they tell him is, listen, man, pin your ears back and go. You know, obviously, if there's a boot, if there's a reverse coming back, if there's a screen, you got to watch out for it. But don't worry about the tight ends. Don't worry about any, you know, trying to frame up and stop the run. You just go, man. So I think that, you know, if you see Chazon's skill set right now, his get off, um, his bend, this spot really fits him perfectly. And keep in mind, if Yannick Ngakwe does indeed stay in Jacksonville, if he does indeed, you know, actually want to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it gives you great depth, right? Because now Jan can play either side. Jan's maybe a little on the smaller side, um, so he could have some trouble at the strong side, you know, outside linebacker. But I, I can see him playing over there. He could do it. And, you know, and, and for some reason, if it's on, you know, needs some more time to develop, then you put him on the weak side. So it adds great depth as well. You like or love the Chazon pick? I love it. I mean, I, I was very adamant about when we went on the mock draft with Golik Wingo when you went on it. I mean, I had Chazon ahead of C.D. Lamb. I had Chazon ahead of Fulton. Um, 
I love the Chazon pick because you you can never have too many pass rushers, Brent. Um, it's a premium position, and it's like I said, I think this guy might have the best get off um, out of the combine and then out of you know this rookie class. So I'm I'm a really big fan of this pick. And that is his stretch, right? I mean, he is super bendy too. I mean, yeah. that's a weird thing to say, but I mean, he really you can see it in the highlights. I mean, the guy can get around that edge, yeah. and and Jan's very good at that too. You know, I mean, the good ones are good at that. You have to be able to do that. But but the first step was pretty noticeable, and I know you love the first step. Well, and this is the beauty of it, right? Where if they do indeed go with the three four defense there, you put them at outside linebacker. Well, now all of a sudden, when we talk about you know the the phases of a pass rusher, there's three phases. There's the get off, there's the move area, and there's the finish. This guy's got the finish. We've seen that. This guy's obviously got the get off. So if you're Todd Wass, it, Wash, if you're the defensive line coach, you don't have to do that much, man. All right, you just have to say, go get him. We're going to work on your pass rush moves a little bit. I like Josh Allen kind of his rookie year. Refine it a little bit. But he's coming into a great situation where there's not much to tinker with because his footwork's already there. The biggest biggest transition for a lot of defensive ends or rush edge linebackers, it's the footwork. It's the get-off. It's getting upfield, using the proper stance, and then, you know, using a move off that. Chasen already has that. So he's already years and years ahead of a lot of guys that are coming into the league. So with that being said, it's going to be, I think, a smooth transition for him. I think most people would say Jaguars got the second-best corner and second-best pass rusher in this draft. And where they're picking at 9-20, and 20, yeah. it's not bad. If you're top five, you can get the best of. Now, could they have best of receiver in the draft in their mind? Absolutely. But that was mixed results. It was hands down pretty much. Best guys, Akuda. Best defensive tackles, Brown. Mm-hmm. Best defensive ends, Chase Young. Second-best... Henderson, second best Kinlaw, second best Chason. And they got them. Yeah. They got two of them. So, I mean, I think that, that's why I think the more you say that and you're like, you know what, where they pick, that's, that's not bad. You know, not bad at all uh, is, is pretty good. When we come back, the Yannick Ngakwe part of this. And also what the Jaguars defense looks like. If they don't pick another guy that's going to make an impact this year in this draft, what if you lined them up right now? How does it look on paper? Four, three, three, four, whatever. I mean, where are your glaring? Where are you really concerned? You're facing the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. September, whatever. You're running out there with what's on the roster as of today, not tonight and tomorrow. What's the weakness? How nervous are you from a defensive side? We'll get to the offense a little bit later on that, but uh, we'll talk about it when we come back. Your calls are all welcome all day long until 6 o'clock. Remember, we have the draft on the radio side. It starts at 7, day number 2, round number 2, and we'll have it for you on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging with us in your car, on the stream on ESPN690.com, or you can check out the video as well, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Everyone knows that the best pass rush comes in waves. So, you know, we've got three guys that can rush the passer now. We've got three guys that can play uh, the zone read stuff, you know, when they're trying to, um, you know, really put the pressure on those defensive ends. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Kayvon, you know, he can play special teams for us too. I mean, there's so much he can contribute because of his, you know, his height, weight, and speed and what he can do. But make no mistake about it, I looked at him and, you know, people were talking about, well, you know, sacks or, you know, whatever it may be. And I'm like, you know, the one thing about this guy right here is that, you know, he has speed to speed. He has an unbelievable uh, spin move. Um, I think the speed to power is going to come and become better. And I think once that comes, you know, he can be a, a dominant rusher in this league. That's Doug Marone talking about Chase on and uh – Everybody will sooner or later either give him a nickname or get the name right, myself included. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Caleb Vaughn. It's really not Kayla that Vaughn, hard. Caleb Vaughn, Chase on. Uh, but yeah. you want to say 
Kalevion, I yeah. think it is. Yeah. It's, uh, but Kalevon is really not that. Just say the K. Yep. Lavon. Yep. Chase on. I'm just going to call him Chase on, man. It's good. Just, just like I call Puzz Puzz. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it. Brett yeah. Martin, Austin Lane. We have a question out there. We're going to get to Jan in a minute. I, I just don't know if we'll have enough time in this segment, but we'll do it in a few minutes. Because I want to answer a question. If you had to play a game right now, what does the Jags defense look look like mm-hmm. after last night's selections? Forget about tonight and tomorrow. You can't say, hey, but what if, what if, what if. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what's on the roster right now. What would it look like? And and you can, if you want to for this exercise, include or not include, Jan. We'll get to that part of it coming up in just a few minutes. Before we do it, let's go to the lines. We have Bill hanging around. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's up, Bill? Thanks for jumping in. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Doing good. Uh, I heard you mention uh, uh, talking about Taven and the five technique and uh, that being a possible concern. But what I was really wondering is, is uh, what Austin thinks about the one technique. I know that uh, he was talking about Wood starting and maybe Avery being a backup. Avery's on maybe the downside of his career. Don't we need to address the nose tackle maybe in the next few uh, rounds? Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. We're just talking about about it in the break. We were asking each other. We were talking about that exact same thing. So, and you had a little concern, if you're being honest. Uh, You like Avery Jones, the player, but in this kind of defense. He owes me 50 bucks, too, but (laughs) it is what it is. That's that's, that's a long story. But but for this kind of style of defense, you say you better be stout right there. Well, maybe the Al Woods bringing him in was an indicator that they do want to move to the three four in some respect because you talk about stout this guy's three thirty of course so you know when you talk about age obviously it can be a concern because Al Woods is up there in age Avery Jones obviously up there in age as well but even like and keep in mind when I played in Kansas City it was a little bit of a different defense than this but when I played in Kansas City we had a young guy by the name of Don Taripo. Don Taribo at the time was an absolute animal. I think he made a Pro Bowl if I'm not mistaken which is impressive from a one technique but the guy was legit. All you're asking from a one technique, and don't get it twisted. It's probably next to maybe the linebackers setting everybody up, and you know, obviously having good two, you know, outside linebackers as well. It's a very, very important position because the whole defense runs through that nose technique. If that nose technique even gets blown out of the hole a little bit, it's going to be 88 and out the gate. So with that being said, we've seen Avery that before. Jones, we've seen that before. Um, oh, it's bad memories. So we've seen it before, obviously, but with Avery Jones with Al Woods. Two big bodies, guys that I think uh, are pretty decent in the run game. All they have to do is anchor down. You know, all they have to do is take on those double teams and anchor down. Here's the catch-22, though. Can you address it in the draft? Without a doubt. And maybe the Jaguars will. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But you're not going to address it until the fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh round possibly, just because you think about it. The three techniques that you want to look for, those athletic guys, those go early. The bigger body type of dudes, the guys that are just kind of like those run uh, cloggers, you get those in the later rounds. Yeah, okay, there you go. So we'll see. Uh, but they've but got it, their bodies that can do it. But it is a very vital role. I, I mean, even more important than the five technique, maybe even more important than what Gunter I see playing and that three technique, the backside, that two gap. The nose technique is a very important technique. Yeah, good point, Bill. And ex- we were exact. We were talking about <laughs> that exact same point in the break. Uh, if they mind. go this way, uh, let's get to the lines one more time before we hit the top of the hour. Sakib joins us. Sakib, hope you had a, an enjoyable night. What did you think about what the Jaguars did? I like it, especially, you know, look, I'm a Florida State fan, okay? I, I'm not a, I am don't like the Gators, okay? I love the first pick, okay? <laughs> the kid has been really good. I like the pick. We needed that. 20th pick, I love the pick. The kid was already a Jaguar fan. <laughs> I mean, if you guys remember weeks ago, he had the Jaguar. He even said I, I was repping Jacksonville because of Miles Jack. He said that last night, I, I believe. So I, I love that pick that he was already a Jaguar fan. But let me ask you guys this. 
I, I want Jan out of here. Let me just say that, too. Okay, I don't care what it is. I, I think he's just a distraction right here. I don't care what you get for him. I just want him out of here. I think we got our guy at 20. But let me guys ask you guys this while I got you guys. I want Cam Akers. I know I'm biased because I'm a Florida State guy, but I, our offensive line was trash at Florida State, and the kid was so good. I really think we can get him maybe in the third round if we can. Do you guys think we should get him a third round? Because I love the kids. So, kid, thanks for the call, man. Uh, Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. You're welcome to call in 904-362-9901, star star 690. We're on all the video platforms, too, so you can jump in on social media, and we'll try to get to some of your comments as well. A lot to get to here on a Friday, a day after uh, day one of the NFL draft, and Jaguars had two selections. They've got two more coming up tonight. Quick answer on Cam Akers. I love Cam Akers. I, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think he can be really good. I think he'll be, because of the college career, he probably should have been more highly rated in this whole process. He's probably a top 50 player, in my opinion, in this draft. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be. I think he slips, but I don't think he slips to 73. There are too many people that think Akers is going to the Jags at 73. It ain't happening. Hmm. Like, that is not happening. He's not getting that far, in my opinion. Now, Hmm. we saw a little bit of a slide by the running back group, but Mm -hmm. I think we'll see a run on the running backs, too. Possibly, because that's all Texas one, right? All of a sudden, Swift goes probably next, we would assume. I think he'll and, go and in the first sudden, 20 minutes tonight. Yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden, it's Taylor, uh, and then it's Akers, or may- maybe even Akers. Who, who knows what the order is going to be? But I agree with you, Brent. I think um, it's wishful thinking to think that you can get that guy you know, in the third round. If, if he falls to you, I mean, I would pull the trigger, me personally. I think he's a very dynamic player. We talked about him actually a little bit yesterday. The guy wasn't used um, properly when he got his opportunities and he made things happen for himself in open space. Uh, he turned the you know, he turned the burners on, and he's absolutely a game wrecker. So I like him, but as far as the third round's concerned, I just I don't know if he's going to fall there. All right, if you look at this defense right now, I want to answer this question. We'll get to Yanni Kangakwe on the other side. What are the, do you like what the Jags look like? They're playing Houston, September, whatever. Uh, they're not, by the way. We don't know the schedule. But yeah. they roll out there with this team, 4-3, four, 3-4, three, three, four, whatever. you got three pass rushers right now. I'm including Gakwe on the roster for now. Mm-hmm. But you can take him out if you want. That's fine. You upgraded your linebacker spot. You just upgraded the secondary. You like it. Trey Herndon did some good things last year. You're just very moderate in the safety position. But you got a couple guys that played a lot of games and snaps last year. You have D.J. Hayden's a very good nickel. And you got the Gunters, Al Woods, Avery Jones, Taven Bryans. How do you feel? I mean, are you like, oh, my gosh, we they're going to run all over us. They're going to pass all over us. They're going to do this all over us. Or, or could you get by? So realistically, if they do go all in on 3-4 defense like we've been talking about, I would be very optimistic, and I, and I would be very excited to see what the Jacksonville Jaguars bring to the table, a little bit of redemption from last year. But I'm also a realist. And I am a little nervous from the standpoint of what was the biggest problem last year for the Jaguars on defense, communication. Okay, you're implementing a new offense. Um, I'm sorry, a new defense, um, a new scheme, probably new coverages in the back end with safeties and corners, all that. It's going to be completely brand new if they do go all in with this. And the fact that we're going through the landscape right now, professional sports, where guys can't be by each other, guys are kind of off to their own devices, and maybe training camp gets a little smaller, maybe gets condensed a little bit, you miss OTAs. I am nervous from the standpoint of, how is everybody going to be on the same page? Will they be ready to go, or will we see some mental errors? And obviously those mental errors that we saw against Carolina, like Houston, they can pay dividends for other teams. What's their most glaring spot right now? Do you think safety? Do you think Taven Bryan's spot, so depth at defensive tackle? Uh, I wouldn't say linebacker right now. They tried to upgrade that. You, I mean, you got to believe they got $100 million invested there. Pass yeah. rusher, they're, they're deep on paper right now. Yeah. Avery Jones and Al Woods, I mean, that's not a sexy spot anyway. That's fine, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's okay. 
They've got a corner. Herndon, probably a question mark. Mm-hmm. What, I'd say safety or defensive tackle. If you had highly rated guys on the board and you're like, we really feel like we need to fix one of those two spots, where would you leave? More specifically, too, to get to your point, I would probably say free safety, that center fielder, especially now if you change the coverages a little bit, you need a guy that's going to be a center fielder. And so I would say the center fielder, and I would say the five technique, if you do indeed run that 3-4 defense. So, yeah, safety is interesting tonight because McKinney's still on the board. Delpit, I know Delpit, it's a dangerous word around here. It's Uh, Winfield is a guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then there are the black blocks of the world at defensive tackle. Jags will have an option. For one of the names that people have been talking about, whether they value him like that or not, mm-hmm. well, Jags will have an option. <laughs> Why do I just feel like they're not going defense tonight? No, I don't think so. I think they're going <laughs> offense. But it, who makes you more nervous? Let me ask you this question. Taven Bryan or Jerry Wilson right now? Probably Taven Bryan's position yes. because there's nothing behind him. And I don't know what I'm getting from maybe him. Smoot. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Once again, I don't know how much Smoot weights. Like, I can, maybe Smoot's there. I don't think. I think yeah. Gunther slides in and Smoot goes to that bigger spot if they're in sure. the 4-3 look more so. Yeah. You know, Gunther's the guy that can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I'm not as concerned about safety as everybody else is. And I'll get to that a little bit yeah. later on in the show. When we come back, Yannick Ngakwe, is he a Jaguar? Is he not? What next? It's next on ESPN 690.